When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Real Vision Daily Briefing, Ed Harrison here for Real Vision. I am talking today to Tom Thornton, who is the founder of Hedge Fund Telemetry. Tom, welcome back. Ed, how are you? Nice to see you. I'm good, and it's good to talk to you. As I I was saying before, you know, Ash is the one who's been talking to you the most. He stole you from me, so I'm I'm, I'm glad we have the chance to uh, have you on Thursdays when I'm here. Um, I want to give you a chance to talk about your company, uh, Hedge Fund Telemetry. I know that RV subs can get a a special deal. uh, Maybe, first of all, tell us uh, what Hedge Fund Telemetry is all about, and then tell us about the deal uh, this discount code that people can get uh, for your company. Okay, I'll make it real brief. Uh, I put out a daily newsletter, uh, sometimes two notes a day, and I have based uh, the stuff I put out off of the information that I put out when I had or, and worked at a hedge fund. Uh, so I look at market sentiment. I look at technicals. It's macro top down. I look at equities, bonds, currencies, commodities, crypto, a lot of different things, and try to have a little bit of a contrarian bent to it. Uh, so we do have a discount off the full year rate. It's 250 off the 750 normal year rate. If nice. you use the code stonks, stonks, okay? And, <laughs> and we're we're redoing our site, so it's kind of garbage right now. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to look great. So I'm super busy with that so anyway yeah i'm guessing that the stonks uh um code is a completely ironic uh uh thought because you're not a stonks kind of guy that's true i'm not i um no i'm not (laughs) well no speaking of uh, not being a stonks kind of guy and being a, a macro guy let me tell you how i'm thinking about things and and let's start the conversation off there uh you know the United States has gotten forward with this whole vaccination process to the point now where we're reopening. We're reopening so fast that people are saying, wait a minute, stop paying these people unemployment, uh, get them out there into the economy. So, you know, we're getting 6% Q2 uh, GDP growth. We we had 6% in Q1. Uh, things are, are moving forward in, in a great way. The problem, however, is that people think that inflation is 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 hotting up and so that's really causing a lot of turbulence i think the vix has gone up in particular because the the bleed from inflation goes from inflation bleed to bonds and then into stocks that's how i'm kind of thinking about it where are you on that well there are two camps there's the fed that says everything is transitory uh, and then there's the others that say you're going to have permanent inflation. It's things are going to stay elevated and and high. 
I'm actually in the middle of that because I do think that there are transitory inflation spikes. And on the CPI, we saw that rental cars, or excuse me, used cars were up 10%. Uh, rental cars were up a lot. Uh, travel, uh, hotels, airlines, uh, things like that are transitory because they're not going to be able to keep that pricing power at those high levels. I, I also, and this is more of a contrarian bent, uh, we've seen corn, soybeans, wheat, a lot of the soft agricultural stuff uh, has really moved up quickly. Seasonality tends to see a peak in those or, or in, in June. And it's almost like the easiest trade in the world. You buy them and then the seasonality comes and you, and you, you sell them. So I just recently shorted corn, soybeans, and um, wheat. Uh, I, I think copper still has a potential for a little bit further. Uh, you still have some of the others out there. Uh, I, I'm not a gold bug. Uh, I'm really agnostic mm -hmm. with gold. And I don't have a position right now, but it doesn't move with this inflation that's happening. And maybe that's a, a, a circumstance because people are finding other places like Bitcoin and other uh, areas to hedge themselves for inflation. So there will be, however, some permanent uh, inflation that's going to happen. And I believe that will come mostly in weight with wages. And, you, you know, maybe the government has this, you know, secret plan that they're saying, OK, we're going to pay people. We're going to compete with the employers out there and they're going to have to raise wages to uh, because actually you can't really force wages to be raised. There has to be some sort of competition. So you're seeing McDonald's, you're seeing Chipotle, you're seeing all Amazon, all, all of the, you know, and it's across the board, even and especially with small businesses, wages are going up. You can't get people to work because of, you know, there's competition out there and, and good competition. So the government is, is, you know, they were all surprised that the jobs number last month wasn't, or this last month wasn't so great. I think it definitely was some competition with uh, the government stimulus programs, but that's going to stay higher. You're not going to see wages go down after this. That's that's going to stay high. I also think that the inflation risks are really you're going to see it with higher rates. And we've taken a pause here, and I I believe when the next jobs number comes out, and that will be June fourth, uh, the survey for the unemployment number and the non-farm payroll was done yesterday. Today's claims number was another downtick. It's still extremely elevated at 400 plus, almost 500,000 people uh, with initial claims. But that's going to start trending down. And, you know, you also have a lot of stuff that's really good where, you know, they're talking about getting rid of masks uh, in the U.S. Um, in certain places, in crowded places, airlines and buses, and you, you wear your mask. But... The, that's a really big positive. And, and the vaccine rollout in the U.S. has been really, really good. And, and so that's going to be, you know, this this big push. And I think within the next quarter, maybe it'll it'll peak around August. We're going to get back to a normalization. And that normalization is going to be rather boring. I also mm. think that in yeah, it's going to be boring because it, it's OK, we're here. What's the next? catalyst that's going to spur things on. But I also think in June, the Fed will 
mentioned that they're thinking about thinking about changing policy. <laughs> and, you know, Stan Druckenmiller's piece in the journal, if it, it's a required reading because as you as a bond person, uh, Stan is a bond vigilante, and he thinks that, that what's happening right now with the Fed uh, is just egregious. And they he his his belief, and I I, I agree. Uh, you know, I thought the Fed should have started to mention tapering, uh, especially when the fiscal policies and stimulus is just there. It's we've never seen you know trillions of dollars from the government just being thrown out there, like, you know, like free money for everybody. And so I think the Fed, like Stan said, should be a buffer and they should start to normalize their policy. Everybody's probably going, well, Tom, that never will happen because the Fed can't do that because they're boxed in. Yeah, you're probably right. So what's gonna happen with inflation when we get over the hill? Um, because I think there's going to be another side that comes down. And then the, you have the group that's talking about deflation. I'm not going to go further in that because we'll do that over the next few months. But the fact is, inflation is here. We're paying more for everything. Um, everybody notices it. Uh, you also had this, you know, the, the fuel um, pipeline. Uh, right, hack. yes. So that, that threw another wrench into, you know, the higher prices. The other thing is, as these things go up, it's like a tax on the consumer. So the consumer is going to spend less on certain things. It's also going to hurt restaurants and, and food service uh, industries because they're going to have to pay, their, their input costs are going to go up and they just better hope that the crowds come and are willing to pay a little bit more for dinners. And, it, you know, it's hard. It's real hard to go out and pay for a family to go out to dinner, um, you know, really anywhere in in the country right now another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Well, you know, let, let's put some uh, some specificity on this, uh, looking at the markets from today. I, I, let me give you the indices. We got the Dow Jones at uh, up 425 points, 1.27%. S&P was up 1.14%, 46 points. NASDAQ was up a little bit less, 0.78%, 101.95%. So the interesting bit for me there uh, is, okay, we have the VIX still at 23, um, and we had bonds getting up to 169 yesterday. It seems like a lot of that was a give back today. So everything that we're talking about, you and me right now, in terms of the bond vigilantes getting in there, is not what we saw in the markets today. What's going on in terms of those three indices? This I, and I'm thinking specifically about triple Qs versus spiders, SPX. Well, I think today was was a, a short-term oversold bounce. And I think the bounce will be a lower high bounce. And we'll probably see, I mean, my target on the S&P is 39.50. That's my first target. And it's not that, you know, it's not that bad. Everybody will be fine. If it gets worse than that, 
you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I think that that is the place I'm watching. Now, one thing that's really interesting and not a lot of people are talking about is that the triple Qs, the NASDAQ 100 versus the spiders, the S&P 500 has made a relative low of 11 months. It's almost uh, 12 months. It's I think it's June 16th. We're at the same level of last year. And that's really remarkable, especially, and what I'll tell you what's great is that we used to have just the thing and mega cap stocks doing all the heavy lifting, and they've just been terrible all year, the, the year to date. I mean, even Apple's down on the year. Uh, Amazon, you know, had great numbers and sold off. I mean, I shorted Amazon on the the the, the bounce after hours, and people were like, good luck. And it's just like, it was easy money to short it and I'm out of it. I, you know, it was just a small position, so it worked. But I think that you have this big rotation happening and it's continuing where you do have the value of names, you know, financials, energy, uh, real estate, uh, healthcare have been doing really, really well. Industrials, um, have been great. And then tech is just sort of meandering. And look, semiconductors have been hit really hard. And they have like the biggest semiconductor shortage, which should right. be moving prices higher. And I think that's just become very baked in. And I, I still think semis can go a little bit lower because guess what's going to happen? That semi shortage is going to open up and, and not be such a big shortage. And and it's not like the stocks are going to go up uh, because because of the opening of more semi supply, they're going to go lower. So I I think that semis are, have made maybe a very big top. Uh, okay, fine that they could see a, you know some bounces here and there, but I do think that this is a big top. They've just been incredibly strong for years, and they really didn't get a huge correction. And semis go in cycles, so. That's another thing that could be when when we start to normalize, that's on the other side of the hill that that, that could happen. Um, further in the market, what happens when you look oh, at the mark indicators on that? Like, what what are you seeing, uh, especially on the triple Qs versus uh, spiders, and also with regard to semiconductors? Okay, the uh, triple Qs uh, they've actually made a lower high and. Uh, and very pronounced one, and and that uh, to me uh, is saying that that we should work lower. Uh, but the more, and I didn't really get a great uh, uh, Demarc countdown, uh, sell countdown in the triple Qs, but I did get one in the S and P futures at the exact high just a few days ago. And when I was on last, I said, you know, look, we're getting a weekly, and we still have a daily that we could move a little higher, and it really. I mean, it's right on the day, and boom, it went down. You know, I'm not going to say that the DeMarc indicators work every single time, because we've had such strong trends. We'll, you know, we'll have a DeMarc 13, and it goes down by two percent, and then, you know, down three days, and onward it goes right back. But what's happening that's really unique right now? I track how many DeMarc sell countdown 13s there are in the market every day. And I look at the daily and weekly. Daily or shorter term, the weekly are more concerning because they're more intermediate in, in term. We've had humongous 
numbers of daily and weekly happening. And I'm talking also about a lot of ETFs that we have these, mm. these mm. intermediate term sell signals. So to me, when I see both of these, this, I'm a power numbers person. When I see these things happening together, it gives me a little bit more confidence that, hey, we're going to see a reversal. On the other hand, when I in December of 2018 and last March, um, the, the low in 2020, I had the opposites and I had buy signals on daily and weekly. And I had people, I was saying, you just got to get out there and buy every single thing you possibly can. And I had people questioning, they're like, is your judgment okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just following what, what I've studied for 20 years. So it really, it worked. And also, we're right now in a place where market sentiment is starting to wane. And we're right on some of the, the, the polls I have, they're right in the middle. So it's either a make or break situation right now. And, and usually it's like when you get to that middle point, 50%, you sometimes get a bounce like what we just had today. And then a lower high, and then boom, we go lower. So my view right now in the equity markets is we're probably going to get a lower high bounce, and then we're going to get some sort of, you know, another another pullback. And I, again, I think that uh, thirty nine fifty is my S and P initial target. And I I think we can get there. And you know, I think the market would, I think the market bulls need that right now because they're they're complacent and they need to see some rotation and find ideas that perhaps better entry points. Because I know a lot of people that are, they're asking me, what do I buy long, what do I buy? There's really not good entry points right now. And that's, I think most bulls uh, will, will fully agree with that. That is interesting. Yeah, so I mean, basically you're talking about the need for rotation, the need for pause, uh, you know, getting down to that 3950 level. You don't have any, it sounds like conviction longs as a result of that. But what about shorts, uh, both individual shares and um, stylistic or sector uh, thinking? Because, you, you know, before we came on, you were talking about some of the companies that you were looking at. Right. Uh, well, last time I was on, I talked about energy. I was long energy. I, I, I took some profits in energy. Uh, I also was long some Chinese internet stocks. I, they have not worked. Uh, the Chinese government has really uh, thrown a wrench into my bullish uh, bounce thesis by just you know clamping down more on on the large K web, the ETF stocks. I mean, it's just been horrible. So I'm out of those. Um, took a loss. Move on. Not huge positions. Uh, I I do want to re-enter energy. I think that there's still great value there. Uh, they pulled back after the pipeline opened and they're a little overbought. I do think commodities are a little high, so maybe we'll see some pullback in the 50s on crude, hopefully. Uh, I am short Disney, which I see is down almost 4% after hours. I was so nervous about this one um, because I, I'm, I knew that there was really high expectations I know their streaming service is doing well, but they missed on streaming. So it's working for me. I'm also long Coinbase. Mm. I talked about it um, before it went public. I said I was going to buy a small position um, and just starter size on the day of the offering. I did, and I went down. I bought more recently uh, in the 200s, and now it's 
not doing great because crypto is not doing great. I haven't looked at their numbers yet. Uh, and we'll see if I'm going to you know, add to it or when I'm going to add to it. My, my view is that Coinbase is such a hairy stock uh, that the shorts, it's like short bait. It's like chum. It's like, oh, this is so <laughs> overvalued. There's, it's like it's like the guy in in Jaws, you know, he's pouring out the, you know, the chum and the shark comes up and it's like, that's what the, the shorts are doing right now. They're they're gonna short the 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 daylights out of this thing. So I'm gonna hopefully get a short squeeze in this thing. Uh I I'm sure I'm actually short the Bitcoin uh, grayscale um ETF or whatever that is. And so that's working for me. So I'm a little hedged. So I'm short semiconductors. Um, what else am I short? Well, so Tommy, yeah. let me ask you this then. Uh, you know, uh, the, this is a follow on. So a, a lot of this is, uh, I'm thinking about tech when, when you say that. I'm looking at a screen of tech for today. Uh, you go through GoPro up, uh, Facebook up, Apple up, Amazon up, Netflix up, Alphabet up. Verizon, Cisco, Intel—they're all up, right? The one mm -hmm. that is the de that's down the most in my screen is Tesla. Tesla is down three percent today, when almost the entirety of the technology sector is up. What's going on there? Well, not everything is up. I'm sure Adobe. Oh, Adobe was up a little. I'm looking also. A lot of things were under the VWAP. Levels yes, at the end of the day, yeah, so so there down. was some selling yeah. there. Uh, so Tesla, uh, I I wrote about it today, and I think that uh, I think the, the 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 cult of Elon is starting to really fade because you have the, on two sides you have the the people that just Elon can do no wrong. I mean, he could he could basically sell flamethrowers. Could you imagine flamethrowers that could cause like people to burn themselves or burn their house down? Oh wait, he did do that. Uh, they will do anything that he says. Buying a joke meme uh, crypto, yeah, let's take it up to ninety billion dollars. So it, he's he's also put his you know he started to like crack those people by coming out today and saying or yesterday saying that they're not going to accept Bitcoin for Teslas. I doubt there was ever a Tesla sold or you know bought for. Uh, for with Bitcoin, but it, you know, and then it, it it started to you know break up a little bit. Um, there were so many people on Twitter that were just you know using the F word against Elon, and they're upset about it, and they don't want his crypto enthusiasm to wane. And I get it, I understand, um, but I also think that 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 the Tesla has a lot of competition that's coming online right now. The, the Ford uh, Mach E is getting great reviews. Uh, it's not rolling out as fast as, as they would like, obviously. But Audi has several new models. And you know what? They, they look like Audis. They perform right, like Audis. Yeah. They're not like this, you know, high tech uh, type of stuff that has to be too inventive. They just work. And they're just good cars that are electrified. The Porsche. Taycan is absolutely fabulous. Uh, you know, the, you have the the Turbo S, which is always the dumbest name that they, they I don't know why they did that, but because there's no turbos. 
Uh, and, you know, by the way, we're speaking to uh, a guy who's in the EV sector at uh, Volkswagen, the, he the, the guy who's uh, the head there. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. You know, the Volkswagen, uh, the Volkswagen Group, which includes, you know, so many, you know, Audi, Porsche, they have so many different brands. They're making a monstrous push on with EVs. And they're really, you know, it's really a, a Europe-focused uh, situation right now. They're 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 scattering them in Europe. They are building a factory, another factory in China, and that's going to come online probably in a year. And then in the U.S. and Volkswagen really hasn't had a presence in the U.S. But I think this could be the ID three and the ID four. I think those could be viable. Uh, candidates for people that want EVs, and they're also pricing them right. And the, and again, I think the technology that are in Teslas may be a little too advanced for what people need. The full self-driving, well, that's you know level two, not level five. And I think that's a problem that Elon has because if all of a sudden the people that paid ten thousand dollars for this and he's saying, well, on their filing they said. Well, this may or may not actually happen. They're not guaranteeing it. That could be a problem if people start to say, hey, I want my money back because it's not here. I don't have a robo-taxi robo or some of these things. And I just think people want good cars that work. They're electrified. They feel good about it. You go to, the, go to work, go to drive around, whatever. They just That's all they want. They don't need zero to 60 in two seconds. There's nobody, a Formula One driver, does not they can't handle those G's uh, like uh, for a long period of time. And actually, under two seconds is 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 faster than a Formula One car uh, starting uh, starting off um, like a zero to sixty. So you don't need that. Let me interrupt you for a second there because uh, uh, there are two things. One is as you mentioned Formula One. And I know for a fact that you're thinking about that from the reopening. So let's reserve that and think about that. But the second is, is that when you're talking about Tesla and you're talking about peak Tesla, peak Elon Musk, I'm thinking about stonks. You know, that's your discount code that you uh, you had in mm -hmm. the beginning. And you, before you came on, you were talking to me about uh, a, a term called alpha seeking nomads. I want to talk about you know what Tesla represents from that perspective in terms of this rotation that you're talking about, this triple Q versus SPY at a 11 month uh, low, and uh, you know peak Elon. It seems like you know when you look at Tesla, you look at Ark Invest, there is a you know a storm that is that's brewing, right. Well, what we've seen over the last year, we've, we have a lot of new investors or traders in the market, and they've they've just, you know, gone from one stock to another, looking for this big bang to make them rich. And they're not they're not holding these for long. They're day trading them, and and that's all fine. But what what what's going to happen is you you have this rotation where you have these people that that go into something. And then there's a new thing. It stops going up, and then there's a new thing, and they'll go to that, and 
that'll stop going up and then they're that that that'll just languish and then they move to the next one they did that last year uh notably with tesla with arc and i'm not going to get into the bill wang or uh, uh connection with kathy wood that's a whole nother we go and have drinks with that one um <laughs> but the, the the point is that people are now underwater significantly in arc investments uh, etfs and they, they they're in the worst case scenario because they have ill liquid ill liquid stocks where they have a 10 percent or more position of market of, of, of their market cap and th that i know people that are targeting those names on the short side i'm short arc i, I got a great you know 30 percent gain in it uh, but the the point is that, that, that people are going to get tired of being in something that's not working and they just right. go they seek another opportunity that's why some of the cryptos were going crazy and you know with that had no basis for going up like they did so i think that right now people are starting to get tired of tech stocks uh, they're not going up and they're looking for new opportunities and you'll see it you'll see it just rotating they rotated back to amc and gme today and you know like old favorites and let's let's run those up but it's not that easy now and it's going to get harder to really move stocks uh, because we've, they've tried all of them um or you know some of the the meme stocks but tesla right now it almost closed at a, a low i think the low is like 535 and it closed at like 570 but if that starts to break down a little further, and I absolutely believe it will, it makes uh -huh. no sense. The valuation and and the all the things that I've I've mentioned, it makes no sense, and I I think it could be rather dramatic, and that's going to hurt Arc. That's going to hurt because they're holding on to Arc's holding on to the the big, uh, some of the most illiquid names and trading in and out of the Apples and Amazons and others that are very liquid and that's a bad thing if you're holding stuff that's not working that's illiquid and right. you're trying to just manage your redemptions with with large cap it's just you're gonna you're gonna wake up one day where you can't do that anymore you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Yeah, so it does seem like uh, this is an interesting point in terms of where we are. I mean, not just in terms of, uh, SP, uh, you know, spiders, you were talking about 3950, but there are other uh, things that are going on behind the scenes. But what about on the long side? I just want to go back to that for a second, because we did say that, you know, you were talking about this rotation. There's nothing that you had huge conviction for. We are doing the reopening. I know that before we came on, you talked to me about Formula One. Uh, interesting that you mentioned that when you were talking about Tesla. Talk to me about that. What can, what can you do there and why? Okay, well, as the, my friends know, I'm a huge Formula One fan. I've followed it for years, been to the races, and you have this giant 
global market. And I think it was like, it's about a billion and a half uh, people watched Formula One every, they watch it every year. Now, what's happened is that with the COVID shutdowns, uh, people haven't been able to go to the races. Uh, people have been watching on TV and the viewership's very, very uh, loyal and steady. And Formula One is a traded stock. Uh, the symbol is uh, F-W-O-N-K, Formula One. And it's owned by Liberty Media. Liberty Media is the John Malone right. behemoth, uh, conglomerate. And they brought in a guy who I've met in the past, Chase Carey. And he ran you know, a lot of things for, for Fox, for News Corp. And he was also the uh, CEO of DirecTV, but he's a marketing guy. And he, he took a very difficult business with, you know, you've got Ferrari and McLaren and all these big companies that, that have all these interests in for themselves. He brought them all together and changed the rules. And the rules are gonna be more equal and cost savings. So the racing is not gonna be just two teams battling it out or one guy winning every race. It's gonna be more equal. It's gonna be more like a NASCAR where you're gonna have teams that can anybody can win on a weekend. And there's 20, they're increasing the number of races to 22. It's a lot of races. Now, when, when the reopening happens and it's happening now, fans are gonna be able to come back to the stands and for example, there are like 400,000 people uh, went to the British Grand Prix over the weekend uh, in 2019. That's a lot of people and the prices for tickets are very, very high. So you have this, they, they've actually managed their business really well, cut costs, done a lot of things, and now you're gonna have the fans coming back to the races and they're super loyal, very, very loyal. And they're gonna be just dying to get out there and, and be there. And it's a really exciting thing. And one other thing that's going to be big next year, uh, they're going to have a race, uh, two U.S. Grand Prix. One is in Austin, which I've been to, and it's it's a blast. And they're going to have one in Miami, which it will be, I mean, this thing's going to be unbelievable. So the, um, the other thing that's really interesting is in the U.S., they had a the Formula One authorized or, or paid for a Netflix show to be produced called Drive to Survive. They started this uh, three years ago. And I, if I tell you that, like, I have three daughters and all of my daughters have, they're, you know, older, they, they've all watched it and they're all obsessed. Oh, with yeah. Their, their boyfriends and husbands and, and they're all like, oh, we got to go. This is so cool. And so they made this like drama type show. And they spliced it great, and it's really taken over. So you have this huge, this catalyst of huge uh, new viewers that are coming into and watching the sport. So I think as we, the stock's down 11% off its recent high. Uh, the races have just started. Uh, they're very exciting. And I think the, the stock over the long term, short term and long term, I think mm. it's going to do really, really well. And uh, again, it's a Liberty Media type of thing. And and John Malone and his people are, are some of my favorites to invest with. And do you have any price targets for it at all? I, it's something like, where is it? It's 43-ish right now, 42-ish. Um, I think it could be, 
at 48. I know that may not seem, you know, like a big deal, but it adds up. And I think that could be, it could be there within the next couple months as more races happen. And I do think it'll be a stock that could double over the next year to two years. And so I like this as sort of like, just put it away. You could trade it around a little bit. It's not super liquid, but put it away. It's a great reopening and like re-emerging type sport that a lot of people are going to be watching. And and it's sort of like they're going, again, they're going after the NASCAR type of fan frenzy, television viewing, uh, personalities uh, within the sport. So I, I think it's, you know, Instagram's a big thing with them and you know, all the drivers are on there. And the, it's so it's you're a lot closer to what's happening. And I think that will be a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, let me sum up uh, with a lot of the stuff that you're saying. I'm going to leave out uh, the Formula One stuff. I mean, this is the, the uh, this is what I'm getting, the macro view that you're talking about. You, you're we're looking at a market uh, that has been to a large degree uh, rotation oriented with, you know, alpha seeking nomads uh, getting in there in a way that has bid up in particular uh, tech stocks. And now we're at a juncture where SP, you know, the, the spiders, uh, ARK Invest, Tesla, there's some weakness there. And more so than anything else, you see opportunities from the short side over the near term. You have a 39.50 target on SPX, and you're just waiting to see what happens over the medium term to decide you know, what the next uh, vehicle is once the reopening gets going. Is that a, a fair assessment of, of where you are right now? Yeah. And, you know, another thing is there's a lot of stuff that that are traditional reopening stocks and they've, they've already peaked. So, we you know, they ran up well in advance of, you know, in, in anticipation of the virus getting in more arms and the reopening, because the reopening is really happening. And you're seeing even, you know, California's uh, lifting some of the, the restrictions and they've been really tight on things. Uh, I was in Dallas recently and COVID didn't exist basically. And, and I've heard the same thing in Florida. Uh, here in Connecticut, people are sort of mixed and I think it's they're excited to get out just like everybody is. But yeah, I think that maybe we got a little ahead of ourselves with some of the reopening stuff. I mean, some airlines were much higher than they were uh, previously before COVID. And, you know, some like TripAdvisor was up 50 percent from from the pre-COVID. And uh, so that those are things that I've been uh, keeping an eye on. Excellent, uh, Tom. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I'm, I, I like the Formula One uh, uh, tout. I'm going to check that out. All right. Well, Ed, thanks for having me. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.